0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Let's pray together and we can get into the word this morning. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, as we open up your word this morning, that it's alive and it's active and it's fresh, Lord. Thank you, Father, for fresh bread this morning. Father, the bread that's been prepared for us and for this hour And so, Father, I pray that every mind will be opened, every heart will be opened. Father, I pray that any form of doubt will be removed, and we will be able to receive the uncompromised word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My wife sends her greetings. Um, They are heading back to South Africa um, within the next week. I will still be here till uh, beginning of November, then I will go back to South Africa. It has just reopened this month. And so the churches in South Africa are allowed to gather now at 750 people um, in a building. So even if you have a church of 10,000 people, 750 is the number. And so uh, we're just excited that we can gather once again and uh, we can move on. So um, we're looking forward to be back home. I haven't been back in South Africa for six months, And so it's uh, been a long journey for us. Uh, I can't wait to be back and and just to see what is is happening there. Uh, You know, the world consistently changes now. Uh, Every week it changes globally. And so uh, we have to learn to find our peace, not in a place, but in God. And so uh, the places will be disrupted. uh, But when your peace is in God, it is solid. You will never lose that peace. And so we've learned to hold on to God in this season, no matter where we go, where we travel, what we do. Uh, You know, the future is very unclear right now, but one thing that is clear is God. You know, His Word is unchangeable, and that's the only thing that's firm and solid right now. Amen. So. Just a quick recap of what's happening this year. Um, as I travel globally, the Lord gives me a word that we take globally, and I share everywhere I've been throughout this year. I'll, I'll continue to share it until the end of the year. But the Lord spoke to me about 2021. He said that this year is a year of harvest. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 2, He says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So God said to me, this year, 2021, the season is a season of harvest. Now, prophecy is not that uh, 20 minutes at the end of the service when we are prophesying to people. But prophecy starts from the first moment that you walk into the door. When people greet you, prophecy comes forth. Throughout the worship, prophecy comes forth. Through the announcement, prophecy comes forth. Through tithe and offering messages, prophecy comes forth. Uh, The Lord just spoke to me in the worship. He just... Uh, spoke to me about something right now that's happening. I just wrote it down in the worship. He spoke to me. And so prophecy comes through everything that we're doing. And so even as we go through the message right now, it is prophecy. And so I'm prophesying over your life right now that 2021 this year, this season is a season of harvest for you. And God showed me that the harvest is ready on every level of life, in business, in ministry, in family, in relationships, in marriage, uh, the harvest is ready. And God showed me the most precious harvest fields that has been prepared. What was amazing is when I look at that harvest in the Spirit, there was more than enough available for everyone. This is not a harvest that we have to fight for, compete for. This is a harvest that's prepared just for you. It's been set out there for you. But then I looked down in the, the vision and I saw obstacles in front of the harvest. And God said to me that in this season, there will be obstacles in front of it. But pray and ask my Holy Spirit to give you a strategy ...to move forward, to get through the obstacles, to get to the harvest that I've intended for you. And so it doesn't mean because there is a delay that it is a denial from God. It doesn't mean because the door is closed that God is not going to do it. We have to learn as children of God to become relentless and not give up, and not stop, and keep on knocking, and keep on moving, and and keep momentum in our lives, even though we experience closed doors, obstacles, and challenges in the way. We have to find a way around it. And I'm here this morning to say to you that the Holy Spirit has a fresh word for you. The Holy Spirit has a strategy for you right now in your life, to navigate through the obstacles to get to that harvest that He's intended for you. But for that, you'll be able, you need to hear the voice of God and get a strategy from Him so that He can show you exactly what to do. This year has been a year full of promises and blessings and fulfillment for us as a family. But it's also been a year full of obstacles. And I thank God in the beginning of this year that he said to me that there's going to be obstacles, but don't let the obstacles stop you, find a way. And so we had to find a way through every challenge that we experienced as a family. We had to just wait and say, God, show us, what do we need to do right now? And so God sent us. He said in the beginning of this year, I'm sending you, go. And so we have left South Africa with instruction from the Lord to go. But then the obstacles started. You know, when we left South Africa, they told us that we were not allowed to enter the US. And so uh, we were not allowed to board the plane last minute. And so right there, you know, we're standing at the airport, all of our luggage, uh, the children, uh, all of the preparation to travel. And now they tell us we cannot board. And so right now we can give up, we can run away, we can quit, or we can say, God, give us a strategy. And so the airline said to us, we cannot board, we can get on the plane. I said, that's fine. We'll get a plane that'll fly us. Lord, give us a strategy. And so we just went to the second airline again, third airline, fourth airline, and then Lufthansa said that they could fly us to Germany, um, to Europe. And so we, we got onto that plane, we, we left South Africa. And then in Germany, we wanted to fly to America. They said, no, you cannot enter the US. You have to quarantine for 14 days before you can enter the US. And so we said, well, where can we fly to? What can we do? What door is open? And they said, the only open door is Mexico. And so we went to Mexico City, unplanned. You know, we didn't have anything planned. I've never been in Mexico in my life. I don't know anyone there. So, but we got into that plane. We flew to Mexico, got into Mexico, and at the airport there, I, uh, I just checked into a, a hotel at the airport because I wanted to find a way to get into the US from Mexico because God said go. And then uh, um, we stayed at the airport, uh, went to all the airlines, um, tried to get an airline that could fly us. And it was interesting because they cleared me and my wife to fly to the U.S., but not the children. So they said we have to leave the children in Mexico for 14 days. But, but I can fly, my wife can fly. So I don't know what the science is behind that. But anyway, but that's, that's it. That's the rules. And I mean, I tried to explain to them the reason. What is the the logic behind that? But they said that that's the rules. I mean, you can fly. And so where do I leave my children? I mean, I've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. We have to leave it in Mexico for 14 days. Anyway, but uh, that's the rules. And so we were waiting at the airport, and a a pastor came to the airport. He heard that we were in Mexico. He came to the airport. Um, We sat there and had lunch with them. And I mean, I was on a mission to, to fly. And uh, he came to the airport. He said, listen, um, uh, we fellowshiped for a little while. He couldn't speak any English. We had a translator there. But as we fellowshiped, he said, I would love for you to preach in my church on Sunday if you, if you are here. I said to him, Pastor, I love you. I love Mexico, but I'm going to the promised land, America. I'm not staying here. I'm leaving. I mean, if I have to walk over the border, I'm, I'm walking, but I'm, I'm not staying here. And so, well, the airline said it's impossible for us to fly. And so we said, well, 14 days, it's an obstacle. That's it. We'll just wait. If that's what we have to do, that's what we'll do. And so we waited for 14 days and, and I phoned him. I said, listen, looks like we're going to be here this Sunday. And they celebrated it. And we had phenomenal meetings in, in Mexico. It was a divine appointment. I mean, we got to know the people. Uh, first time in Mexico, it was an incredible time. And God moved powerfully. And when we left Mexico, the pastor said to me that God has sent you just for our church, just for our people. And we're so grateful that what has been an obstacle to you has become a blessing to us. And so the Lord has, has powerfully moved in that church. And so um, we got onto the plane. We flew to Miami. We could get in. And then about two weeks in, uh, while we were in America, I was notified that uh, there was a document that I needed to remain in America. And the only way that I can get that is to fly to the Bahamas, to the U.S. embassy <laughs> there to go and get that document. And so otherwise I would be in America illegally. So I have to go there to get that document. And it's a divine appointment. And so so supernaturally, I mean, we were just in, two weeks in, now we have to leave again. And so it's an obstacle. So Lord, we are in your word, we're on assignment. And if that's what we have to do, we'll do that. And so we flew, went to Bahamas, to Nassau. And uh, God had supernaturally had to move there within a couple of days for things to fall into place supernaturally. And I arrived in, in the Bahamas, and uh, the taxi driver that took me from the airport to the hotel, on the way we were driving, and she said to me, um, uh, what do you do for a living? And I said to her, I'm a minister. And uh, she said, why are you here? I said, I've got an appointment at the embassy the next morning. She said, she said I would love for you to meet my pastor. If you have time available, I would set up a meeting and I would love for you to sit with him. I said, that's fine, I just have this one meeting and then I'm open the day, I have to wait for four days to get an answer from the embassy. And uh, so I went to this meeting, she set up a meeting with the pastor, walked into the room there, and uh, into their boardroom at the church, and as I walked in, this prophecy just started to come forth. And I just, the Lord just started to minister to the pastor, to his family, to the staff. They had a a television station uh, representative there as well, to all of them. God just supernaturally started uh, um, to minister. And then I went for the meeting, and the Lord just, everything fell into place, and then I got onto the plane out there, and the pastor sent me a text message. He said, if God has sent you here, it was for us. It was just for our church. It was just for us. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. You came exactly at the right time, exactly at the right moment. And so it was an obstacle, but the obstacle turned out to be a blessing to them. And so I want you to hear this morning that there's obstacles in this journey, but God will use those very obstacles to turn it into a blessing. And so it's uncomfortable and it's disruptive you know, to us, but yet at the same time, it becomes a blessing. And right now, the church has to learn to become like water again. The church needs to be flexible. You know, we want to be in a building and we want to run a program in a certain way. And we want to start at a certain time. We want to end at a certain time. And in this season, God is breaking molds. God says that we have to become like water again. We have to become adaptable again. That whatever has to change, needs to change. And I want to say to you this as a church and also in your walk with God that in the next year, you're going to have to learn to become adaptable. And so I'm a person that likes order. I like things to be in place. I do not like to live out of a suitcase. I do not like to, you know, that's not, uh, I like things to be in order. I like things, I like to plan. I like, that's what I, that's how I like it. But I have to learn to be flexible. And so in the beginning, if one thing would be out of order, it would disrupt everything in my life. But I have to learn that, well, it's just one thing that's out of place. Just, just move on, just, just move on. It's not the end of the world. Just, just continue to focus on the journey. And so a life that would have seemed to me a couple of years completely disruptive has suddenly turned into a blessing. Because in that, I've started to see the power of God. I've started to see what God is doing globally. Now, for, for those of you that are in the room right now that is ministers, you call to the fivefold ministry, or you are in some form of ministry right now, that the fivefold ministry is going through a cleansing period right now. And so God is busy cleansing anything in the fivefold that is not from him and so it is a time where you cannot necessarily plan for the next year the next six months you know i right now i don't even know what the next couple of months looks like i know we are flying back to to uh, south africa Uh, uh, i'm flying back in the beginning of november that's what i know i know that i'm scheduled to be in europe in january but so far they told me that it's closed but that's what's on the schedule. I know I, you know, everything is uncertain. Everything is unclear. But I cannot live there. I have to live now. I have to be where I am right now. And I have to be fully present right now to be able to see what God wants to do in, in this season right now. And so we learn to live by faith and not by sight. This is the life that we live. And uh, we, we take that step, step by step, and we make everything of the moment that we have you know the church has to come to a place where we have today we cannot think well we've got tomorrow next week next year we have to seize the moment we have today we have now and we have to become all in right now this is the moment right now this is, this is the hour. Not well, no, I've got another. I can make right with God. No, I can do it next year. No, it's right now. And this is what I'm trusting God for this prophetic conference. I don't know about next year, but I, I know about now. I don't know about next Sunday, but I know that we have these days right now. And I'm, I'm trusting God for the Lord spoke to me about this conference, uh, and the Lord said to me, acceleration is coming. Acceleration is coming. Now I want to ask you to combine your faith with my faith and let's trust God for the next couple of days for acceleration to come. Whatever that looks like, whatever area of your life it might be, but let's trust Him for now, for this hour, to say, God, this is what we have. We have today, we have tonight, we have Monday night, we have Tuesday night, we have Wednesday night, but we trust you for now. And let's expect, let's have expectation. And immediately when you want to expect, the enemy comes and says, don't expect, don't hope again, because you're going to be disappointed. And I want to encourage you this morning to hope again. Hope again. That's what faith is. Hope again. And say, God, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to hope again that supernaturally you would come and move in in my life. And so we're going through a cleansing period where God is cleansing. Everything globally within the church and within the fivefold ministry that all the add-ons all the stuff that people have added on On to God is cleansing us from all of that and God is bringing us back to the foundation Where it is about him and nothing else, you know All the all the fakeness all the falseness everything that's out there that is not from God is being exposed in this hour God is uh, is very gracious Up until a certain time, God will give people time to repent over and over and over and over. And then he gives people over to their desires. And so he gives us time to repent and to make right over for years. You know, there's been people that I've seen and I know what they've done and where they've been. And God has been so gracious to them. I'm thinking, Lord, I didn't know how you can still use them. But God's gracious. He gives them time over and over and over up until a certain time. And then they get exposed. And this is where we are right now in the body of Christ. Things that is not from God is being exposed at this moment. And it's not God that is exposing people. They are exposing themselves. His grace is just lifting from them. And so we have to, even though we have the grace of God upon our lives... We have to live pure and holy lives. And so it is His grace that gives us that ability to live in holiness. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but because of His righteousness, it gives us the opportunity to live holy lives. And that's not who we are, but that's what we can be because of His grace. You can live a holy life today because He's giving you the power to do that. And so it's going through a cleansing period And then after this cleansing period, we will enter one of the greatest harvests that there is. And the reason is that we will sit, the church, the fivefold ministry, will sit with a very pure fivefold ministry after this. We will sit with with ministers that have a heart for people. We will sit with pastors, with prophets, with evangelists that is not moved by anything else but their love for people. And so God is taking us through this period. Now, if you are in the firefold, hold on. <laughs> hold on. We're going through a time that, uh, that uh, there is tremendous pressure upon the firefold right now. Tremendous pressure globally. Pressure on, on every. You know, when someone is under pressure for a little while, they can fake it. But if there's consistent pressure, I mean, whatever is inside you comes out. You cannot help it. And so it's a time if you are in the fivefold where you have to hold on. If, if, you have, if you hold on day by day, just do that. But you have to hold on. You cannot let go. If you feel right now that you're just barely making it, just hold on, just hold on. You have to get through this. And then I wanna encourage you as a church to, be, to bring strength to the fivefold. To be a tool to uplift the fivefold, to strengthen the fivefold, to encourage the fivefold, to uphold the fivefold, and to be that voice to say, God, we want to pray for our ministers. We want to pray for those that are called to full-time ministry. I've uh, spoken to a couple this morning in South Africa, and uh, I said to them that I have nothing that I've, I've never done anything else in my life. I've been devoted to God from, from the moment that I was born. I started to work for the Lord. I've never done anything else. My whole life is only, is only to work for God. That's the only thing that I know. I've tried everything else, but I've been called specifically to what I'm doing. Nothing else works for me. <laughs> this is what I'm called to do. This is it. And I said to them this morning, it's, it's friends of mine. I said to them, what you do unto me, you do unto God. But you do unto me, you do unto God. And so if God has told you to do something, you're not doing it unto me. I'm a servant of the Lord. I don't have anything else that I'm building or working for. I only work for His kingdom, and I sold out to His kingdom. And I want to say this to you this morning. What you do unto the fivefold, you do unto God. What you do unto the church, you do unto God. Don't look at the individual or the person. It is the kingdom of God that we are participating in. And so, what I do here, I do unto God. I came here to serve this church because I'm serving God. What I do here, I do unto God. And my reward is with Him. He will reward me for what I do unto His kingdom. And so, I want you to know that everything you're putting in, every every uh, all your effort... All your giving, everything that you're putting in throughout your life, you're doing it unto God, and there is a re- eternal reward that has been set apart for you in this season. And so, let's uphold the firefold right now, globally. If it's through a word of encouragement, if it is whatever it might be, uphold them right now. The fivefold globally is going through an intense purification process. And where people, men and women of God, have added things unto them or into their lives or into their ministry that is not from God, that is what He's cleansing out. He's getting rid of those things. And we will sit with a very pure, fivefold ministry at the end of this season, and it will bring in a great harvest to the kingdom of God. And so that net of manipulation is being broken completely. Amen? And so I want to set the standard for this prophetic conference And I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms 51, verse 10 to 12. And I declare this morning that in the next couple of days, acceleration is coming. Acceleration is coming. You know, when you are tired, you are tired. You don't need Greek and Hebrew translations. When you're tired, you're tired. That's it. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ right now that's just tired. They're just tired. And they need to be refreshed. They need need a word of encouragement. They need hope again to get them through the season in their lives. And so David gets to this place in his life where he is just tired. And there was a lot of decisions that he has made that has brought him to this place. And there is a lot that has transpired in his life that brought him to this place right here. But in Psalms 51 verse 10, he says, Create in me a pure heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And so David realizes where life comes from where his strength comes from, where his ability and his gifting comes from. And he realizes that he needs the Holy Spirit in his life. And he says, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I know now what I am without your Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. Now, you have to have an understanding of this, that, you know, when... Uh, in the Old Testament, they had they, they were not filled with the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, they had visitations. The anointing came upon them and it left. They had, they had no concept of a Spirit that came upon them. And so they continually needed to be refreshed. They continue needed to be revived. Because with the Holy Spirit, they could do extraordinary things. But once that Spirit lifted, they were nothing again. And so they lived in these moments. And so, to bring it into perception today that the disciples would have given anything to live in these days that we're living right now. Because we're living in a time of overflow. We're living in a time where the Holy Spirit came and He came to stay. He came to empower us and rest upon us, remain on us. That's there. But we have a lot of people today that are living in the New Testament, but they're still living with Old Testament mindsets. They don't realize where their power comes from. They don't realize what's resting upon them because he is talking about waters and rivers that will never run dry. He's talking about a a freshness that will never stop, will never cease, that there will be a consistent flow in our lives of His presence. And so there can be things in our lives that can, that can grieve the Holy Spirit. So we have a consistent flow right now of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but there can be things that can obstruct the flow of the Holy Spirit, or that can reject the flow of the Holy Spirit, or that can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not easily grieved. But when we keep on obstructing the flow of the Holy Spirit, then he gets grieved. And it it happens over many years. It's not just, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a, a, you know, he's so sensitive that the smallest thing that we do causes him to walk away. No, he's grieved over time, over years and years and years of obstructing the flow of the Holy Spirit. He's grieved, and that is what causes that stop of flow. And so in the book of John, Chapter 4, verse 13, I'm going to jump straight to the end. You know the scripture very well. Jesus speaks to the woman at the well, and then he comes to the place and he says to her in verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Very, you know, interesting conversation changer. He tells her, you need this water. She says, okay, I want it. And then he speaks about something else. (laughs) And let's just stay on point. I heard about this water, now give me this water. And so he says, I've got this water, you will never thirst again. And then she says, okay, I want this water. And in the next sentence, Jesus says, go call your husband. And so when it comes to the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you can have the flow, but there can be obstruction. And so the flow is not the challenging part. The obstruction is what we have to get rid of. And so the flow is in her life, but there's an obstruction. And so he speaks to her about the flow of the Holy Spirit, but then he says, let's deal with the obstruction. There's something in your life that is stopping the flow. The flow is here, but let's deal with that part. And so he says to her, go call your husband. And she says, I don't, I, I don't have a husband. And then he says, yes, the five husbands that you had you know, is not yours, and the one that you are with right now. And then I want you to get this. He says, five husbands that you've had. And then he says, and the one that you have now is, you know, is is not yours. That would be number six. And so that would make Jesus' husband number seven. He would be the seventh husband or man in their life. The number seven speaks of spiritual perfection. Perfection. And he says, you've had five husbands. The one you have now, he says, but I... And so, he's bringing her to that place that whatever is causing the obstruction in her life, he's switching her eyes and saying that, let's deal with that obstruction, and I want to bring you to the perfect place, spiritual perfection. It is a place where he is enough. You don't need anything else to fill that gap in your life. He becomes enough to you. And so, he, he says, uh, she says, I have a husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true, So the woman, said, I can see that you are a prophet. And so he is introducing her into perfection right now. And so there's a flow of the Holy Spirit. There's obstruction in her life and he's dealing with the obstruction so that she can come to spiritual perfection. I believe that we are in a place right now where God is dealing with the obstructions. God has started to pour out His Spirit on the church, on His people globally. Acts has not stopped. God's still pouring out His Spirit on people. But there's obstruction. There's things in people's lives that is obstructing the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's stopping the Holy Spirit from moving in their churches, in their ministries, in their businesses, in their lives, in their families, in their nations, in their cities, there's obstruction. And so the challenge is not that we need more Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. He's been poured out. There's something that is limiting, that's obstructing the Holy Spirit, the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that is what He's dealing with. And whatever that is, is has become, the source, the security, and the safety in people's lives. And Jesus says, all of these things are false. None of it is good enough. I want to introduce you into the perfect relationship, into spiritual perfectness. When I come onto the scene, none of those things can compare with me. And this is where we are right now, where Jesus has to become everything in our lives once again. Nothing else that we have. He is enough. Nothing that you possess, nothing that you want to achieve, nothing else can fill that void in, our, in your life. Jesus fills that place, and He is enough. And when He becomes enough, suddenly He deals with that, and He moves everything in our, out of our lives, and the flow starts to flow again. And whatever has grieved the Holy Spirit starts to flow once again in our lives. The Holy Spirit is ready to move in your life. The Holy Spirit is ready to move in your family, in your ministry, in your business. But Jesus is dealing with the obstruction. You know, when He stepped into the life of this woman, she did not even know that she had obstruction. She she was just thirsty. She was just in need. Her life was not overflowing. She was just in need. She had a void. That's all what she had. And she was searching for water. She was searching for, just for a temporary solution. And he says, I have something where you will never thirst again. Mm -hmm. But for that to happen, we have to deal with the obstruction in your life. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person That's in this room right now, and Father, I pray over the course of the next couple of days, Lord, those that are only here this morning, Father, that You would come and deal with obstructions in our lives, things that are hindering the flow of Your Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, we want to come this morning, and we want to allow You to come and work in our lives, Lord. Father, we are thirsty. Lord, I am thirsty. We are thirsty. We are in need of you. But Father, that water that you're speaking, speaking of, that I will never thirst again, we ask for that this morning, that you would give us rivers of living water that will flow through us, through our ministries, churches, businesses, families, marriages, that we will never thirst again. But Father, I pray that you would come and you would become the perfect husband, the perfect companion, the perfect father, the perfect brother in our lives. And Lord, this morning, I declare over this church that you are enough. You are enough. That this ministry does not need anything else to replace you that nothing else can compare with You. And Father, we pray for the next couple of days, Lord, that people will come and walk into an encounter with You. I pray, Lord, for every session, every speaker, everything that will be said. Father, this morning that we can set the ground for people, we can prepare a place that people would meet with You, would have an encounter with You, not with a copy not with a gimmick, but with the true Lord and Savior. The only thing that can set them free. Father, we open up this place, we prepare this place, all the prayer that has already gone in. We pray, Lord, come and visit us. But Holy Spirit, we invite you to stay. Stay in our lives. We do not have to have just encounters every year. You can come and remain upon this church. Upon every person that's here, I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe that God geographically places churches where he wants them to be. God geographically puts churches exactly where he wants them to be. And the great thing is we get to be part of it. It's never our church. It's never our, we can take, we cannot take possession of it. It's His, and we get to serve in those ministries. When I come here, I get to serve. God has put this church here. Years after I've been gone, this church will still continue. I just get to participate in it. I get to help what God is doing globally. And so I want to say to you that God has planned to plant this churches years before we thought of it. We get to be part of it. We get to play a role in it. But we have to be flexible. Whatever God wants to do, whatever his will is, whatever his God knows the best for what he wants to do within this area, within this region. There is no doubt that there is development that's busy taking place within this region that God knew of years before we knew about it. God knew about the development. And they will develop. Houses, properties, businesses, even a hospital. I see a hospital in the Spirit that will be very close to this building in the near future. There will be development that will come out here, and God will build an entire community around the church. <laughs> we serve a generational God, and we get to be part of that. And so I believe that God has put this church here and then those ministries that he puts up globally, I believe in the spirit, it becomes gatekeepers of what happens in the region, in the spirit. Now we need to understand, you have to remind yourself that you are a spirit that's having a human experience right now. You have to remind yourself of that. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in the spirit that we don't understand. A lot of things. And one thing that the enemy does not like is when we take ground. Doesn't like that. And so God is busy expanding His church. He's busy and He's He's in complete control of what He's doing. It gets dangerous when we want to take control. If we want to try to form it into a position and we want to force it into a place of, of submission get into a place where we want to be. It's unhealthy. And so we have to allow God, let Him have His way, let Him come and do what He wants to do. And so we we get to be part of that. You get to be part of the fact that you're seeing people are being saved, people are being transformed, communities are being changed, ground is being prepared for what He wants to come and do. And so I want to ask you this morning, as I end, I want to ask you in agreement to stand with me, And we're praying for for the Holy Spirit to come and visit us. And so I want to ask you in agreement just to stand with me this morning. And we're asking the Holy Spirit to, to come and move. You know, when you maintain your relationship with God, it is impossible to burn out. It's impossible. I've come to, in my life. I've come close to burnout many times, and at that place, I've tried everything. I visited places. I went to. I did anything. I went to Israel. I drank. You know that anointing oil. I put it on me. I drank it. Did everything with it, because I just. I was. I just needed to be revived. I tried everything, but I realized I need His Spirit. It is His Spirit that quickens us again. And this is what David talks about. He says, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And so you might be tired, exhausted, close to burnout. What we need, you know, (laughs) rest is not going to fix anything. You're going to rest and, and come back and feel more tired. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to awaken us once again, to revive us, to bring back that passion in us, to stir up once again. That's what we need. And so when you get tired, you can try to drink vitamins. You can try to meditate. You can, what? It does not work. It doesn't fix it. <laughs> you can try anything to put in that void. doesn't, you can go for counseling. You can try anything. It doesn't change anything. helps temporarily. It fixes one part. The only thing that revives us is the Holy Spirit. It brings life back to us. But we have to come to that place where we seek Him. You know, America, it it might not seem to you that way because you're not traveling. But right now, America is in a revival. If you don't know that, come with me. I'll take you to some nations. It's a revival. It's amazing what is happening in America right now. It is incredible. Let me tell you, the property market has crashed globally. In South Africa, it's crashed. In Europe, it's crashed. In the UAE, it's crashed, the property market. Crashed. We have properties in South Africa. It is worth nothing. We don't even have people that look at it. It's crashed completely, that market, completely. In America, the property market You can say it's this or that. Let me tell you it's God. It's God. it's God. The car market in America. <laughs> what? I just bought a car. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not that way anywhere else in the world right now. The car market has crashed globally. It has crashed. I looked at eight cars when I walked out, it sold crazy. It's only happening here. And God said to me, what is sustaining America right now is the prayers of a previous generation. He said to me that this is only a harvest of the previous generation. This is nothing that we did right. This is prayer of a previous generation. And then God spoke to me. He said, let this generation seek me for the next generation. Let them seek me. Let them seek me, let them press in and seek me. And I want you to know that what we are doing right now, you might not even see in your lifetime, but it will touch your children's children. And so in the midst of this, let's take the time to seek God, to seek His Holy Spirit. Right now, I was in Houston on a worship conference a a few months ago with uh, some of the most incredible songwriters in America. And I mean, they're very good, incredible musicians and writers sitting there with them. And uh, they were very competitive, trying to write a better song. You know, it's really already great, but they want to do great, you know, better things. And I was there and the Lord spoke to me and he gave me a word. And he said, and I released this word over them. And I said to them, God says, write songs as if you are writing to a generation who has completely become unfamiliar with the move of the Holy Spirit? What would you write to them, to that generation? And this is what we are busy with right now. We are busy interceding for another generation. And this generation that we're interceding for does not know the Holy Spirit. What would we say to them? What would we preach to them? What would we leave for them to read, to sing, where they've drifted so far off that they don't know what the Holy Spirit is. They do not know what they encounter of with. The Holy Spirit. They don't know that language. They don't understand that. That is what we're pressing in for right now. I want you to just raise your hands. Father, thank you for every person in this room right now. We pray, Lord. I'm going to ask you if you can pray in tongues just to pray. Father, we pray for the next couple of days, Lord. We pray for outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We pray for awakening. We pray that people will be revived businesses will be revived father marriages would be revived father those that are tired that they would be revived lord i pray everyone that is standing in this room that who they are connected with friends family father people that are not even in this state that they would be revived that they will be awakened father we pray for a freshness to come more thank you for what you've done in the last couple of years but we pray lord come and touch us right now Come and revive us right now. We pray for that fire, that, that passion, Lord, that you would come and you would quicken it within us. You would call us back forth, Lord, that we would stand and we would run, Lord. We will not grow weary, Lord. Father, thank you for a spirit that will sustain us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would not take your Holy Spirit from us, Lord, but you would pour out your spirit upon us in a greater measure, Lord. Thank you, Father, for living water that will spring up, that will flow through us, that we will never thirst again, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name right now. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.